Hello and good afternoon on this Tuesday afternoon, the first day after Labor Day of 2022. This is Bill Allen coming to you from um, West Irwin Church of Christ right in the heart of Tyler, Texas. And glad to have you along for the ride. If you're watching live, terrific. Nice to have you. If you're watching a little bit, not quite so live later, that's great as well. Uh, you can catch these uh, sessions on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m live on my Facebook page, Bill Allen, and you can also catch them after that posted to our church uh, Facebook pages, West Irwin Church of Christ and West Irwin Live. Also, uh, a little bit later, you can catch them on our website. We have a new redesigned website, and so there are some things that you might look at that would be a little bit different than what you were expecting, but you can click on uh, our website at westerwin.com, uh, and that's Irwin with an E, E-R-W-I-N, and then you scroll over to where it says connect, and you scroll on that, and that'll give you some options in the scroll down menu, and you can see that uh, you'll find the one that says, uh, takes you to our live streaming page. Scroll down on that a little bit, and you'll find a little uh, place that you can click on to go to our archives and view archives, and so... Hopefully you'll be able to do that. You can see a lot of stuff there. Bill's old sermons, uh, Bill's old Facebook messages, and those go back to actually started doing these, I guess, during the uh, height of the shutdown and the pandemic. And so you can see the past few years of messages uh, there. And also our Sunday services, you can click on that as well. Um, so today, we're as we're continuing on through F. Lagarde Smith's The Daily Bible in chronological order, uh, we have finally worked through a lot of the uh, destruction of Jerusalem, and uh, we were, we're very much into the exile that uh, the Jews experienced. Remember, in the 8th century B.C., in the time of Isaiah the prophet and Hezekiah the king of Judah, the northern kingdom of Israel was taken captive and exiled by the Babylon by the Assyrians. They destroyed Samaria, the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel, threatened the southern kingdom of Judah, but they were unable to do that because of the faithfulness of King Hezekiah and uh, the prophesying and preaching of Isaiah and Habakkuk, or not Habakkuk, but Isaiah and others. And then when we get to this current time, which is around 586, 580 B.C., somewhere in there, it is the preaching of Habakkuk and also Jeremiah that continue to uh, caution the people. Jeremiah always telling the people to surrender to the Babylonians. This is from God. This is not going to go well. And sure enough, some did. And the Babylonians took uh, the Jews into exile to Babylon in three different stages, the first one being in around 605 B.C., what is called the first deportation, and it was that one where they took the best of the best, and that included Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We'll say more about them in a moment. Uh, the next deportation was the great deportation, 10,000 of the Jews living in Jerusalem, uh, including Ezekiel and the king at the time, King Jehoiachin. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar put a puppet king up, uh, changed his name to Zedekiah, and Zedekiah ultimately tried to rebel against uh, the Babylonian king. And so in 586 B.C., the siege finally ended, the walls were breached, and 
the gates were torn down, the temple and the royal palace torn down, the city burned, and the rest of the people, except for just a few, uh, left in the city, uh, relatively speaking. Uh, Jeremiah being one of those, but then taken against his will, as we saw last week, uh, into Egypt. But we are talking today about those three of those faithful men, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We remember, you remember, as you've read uh, the past few days, you read this story. You're familiar with it, very likely. It's one of the great Bible stories uh, of victory and faith and deliverance in uh, Daniel chapter 3. We met Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and Daniel, uh, who uh, in, in Daniel chapter 1, we met them, and they were all four taken with that first group, the best of the best, from Jerusalem into Babylon, and they were groomed to uh, serve the king. And we remember reading their story of faith as Daniel and those three friends of his all uh, said, we're not going to eat the king's diet. We're going to be faithful to our Lord and, uh, and challenged the man who was their master and was caring for them, getting them ready to go before the king. And they said, hey, test us out for a few days and see. We're going to be better than the others. And so he did. And sure enough, it was the case. So uh, that was their first act of faith. Um, and now we find ourselves in Daniel um, chapter 3. In Daniel 2, Daniel uh, is able to uh, interpret that great vision of Nebuchadnezzar, of the coming kingdoms and the coming ultimate kingdom, the church, uh, that would never be destroyed. We read all of that great story in chapter 2. Now it brings us to chapter 3. Chapter 3 focuses on um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so I want us to read through this and see these wonderful lessons as we do. Chapter 3, verse 1 of Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high, 90 feet high, basically, 6 cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come up to the dedication of the image he had set up. This guy had quite the ego. So all of those uh, assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Verse 4 of Daniel 3. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Now you see the problem already, right? Uh, Nebuchadnezzar and his officials are calling on everyone when they hear all of this music to bow down towards the uh, image of gold, this 90-foot high uh, tower, uh, that uh, idol, basically, that Nebuchadnezzar has has put up. And you know that that's not going to sit well with Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and any other faithful Jew uh, that has been taken into exile at this time. Uh, and so the threat is, if you don't do that, you're going to be thrown into the blazing furnace, or as I am prone to say, the fiery, fiery furnace. Because years ago, when we were at Woodland West Church, our wonderful church family in Arlington, Texas, uh, we would put on masterful plays for VBS for a few years there, a vacation Bible school, family a Bible school. 
and um, uh, led by our wonderful uh, education minister, uh, Charles Smith. And, and we were able to do that, and it was, uh, or Charles Wilson, rather, and we were able to do that, and it was a, um, it was a magnificent production. In one year, we did the story of Daniel, and we did it with uh, uh, using words from the story uh, to the music of uh, Phantom of the Opera. And it was, it was really, really good. And the fiery, fiery furnace scene was one of my favorites. Um, but we go back to the story. The threat is there. It's a very real threat. This is the leader of the world empire uh, that has threatened them. And so verse 7, Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of all these instruments and music, all the nations and peoples of every language who were there in Babylon fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers, some of his advisors, came forward and denounced the Jews, just like in the time of Esther and Mordecai and uh, Haman, the wicked villain in that story, uh, they don't just have it in for a few, they have it in for all of the people because they see them as individuals who worship the true and living God and don't, um, don't give in to the cultural leanings of their day. They didn't like it. Verse 9, These men said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of all this music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They never serve your God. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Now remember, the king was pretty impressed with them, and that when Daniel uh, interpreted the dream, and they all four were given a position of authority, and I would imagine that's partly what's going on here. Verse 13, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? <clears throat> Now, when you hear the sound of these musical instruments, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, then good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? King Nebuchadnezzar lays it out for them. Now, how will they respond? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. And the reason why? Because their God will do it for them. Verse 17, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now, that's a great act of faith. And I believe that it is such an, a mature uh, trust in the Lord. They're not just trusting in God because God will deliver them. They're trusting in God because he is able to deliver them, but they also understand the sovereignty of God. Our God is able to deliver us, they say, 
But even if he does not, we will not bow down to this image that is not God at all. Well, that was a very, very brave thing. And remember what they're saying. They know that God is able to deliver them. They also know that he may choose not to. He has done that before, and we get that, don't we? We understand the sovereignty of God in our minds that God chooses to do according to his will, and sometimes we understand that and sometimes we don't. Habakkuk had trouble understanding that, uh, that God would use a lesser um, righteous nation, the Babylonians, to punish a more righteous nation, the Jews. God said, you're never going to understand that, but my righteous one will live by faith. You're going to have to trust me on this, Habakkuk. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that their God had, had been able to deliver them from the hand of the Babylonians the whole time. But they saw him defeat their homeland and their people and carry them off into exile in Babylon, far away from their homeland. But even still, they did not give up on their faith or their God. And so very boldly in Daniel 3, verses 16 through 18, they tell King Nebuchadnezzar, the leader of the world, look, our God is able to deliver us, but even if he chooses not to, we are not going to worship something man-made that is not God. We will not do it. And if we get burned up in the fiery, fiery furnace, then so be it. Well, you know Nebuchadnezzar is not going to like this. Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. Remember, he had been on their side when Daniel had interpreted his vision, his dream, and did all that. Um, he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace, seven times hotter than normal, which was hot enough to kill anyone. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. So you see the scene, right? King Nebuchadnezzar fires up this furnace seven times hotter than normal. And, it, and then it was designed to, to take someone's life in a very cruel, heartless way. And so he fires it up even more and he gets some of his bravest, strongest men to toss them in, tie them up and toss them in. And when they do, they are killed. Not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but the ones who were close enough to the furnace to throw them in are killed by the heat. Verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Well, was that the person of Jesus? That's possible. Was that an angel God had sent to deliver them? It's possible. Was it the angel of the Lord? Possible. We don't know exactly who that was, but we do know that they were not alone in that furnace. And that's what we need to know. And you're not alone either in the fires and storms that you're facing today. And just as surely as 
the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, was able to deliver them, he is able to deliver you. Should he choose not to, he is still worthy of our worship, still worthy of our trust, because we throw ourselves at his mercy and at his sovereign justice and plan. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. And we have to remember that they didn't know how this was all going to turn out. I think that's one of the most important things that we need to do when we read these very familiar Bible stories. In a little while, in a few days, we're going to be reading about Daniel in the lion's den. But that's another story very familiar to us, and we don't know if we're Daniel, how that's going to turn out. And we don't know if we're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what's going to happen when we're thrown into that furnace. They knew God was able to do it. They just didn't know if it was his will or not. And they were willing, as Jesus was in the garden, to say, may your will be done. God was able to save his son Jesus from the cross and all that suffering as well. But it wasn't in his plan. It wasn't according to his will. And the Son of God himself submitted to that will. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego submitted to that will. Our God is able to save us, but it, should he choose not to, we are not going to worship something that is not anywhere close to the one true and living creator, God. So who was that other fourth person? Well, like I said, we don't know, but we do know that God was present with them. And Nebuchadnezzar saw that in a very concrete way. Verse 24, then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement again and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Verse 26 going on now, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. Obviously, he had turned off the fire. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them, no doubt. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. And I think that's just amazing. I can't even walk through the smoking section near a restaurant and not have my clothes smell like smoke. You can't sit in a car with someone that's smoking. You can't uh, stand outside with someone who's smoking and not have some of that smell on your clothes. And yet here these men were thrown into a fire. The ones who were uh, uh, threw them into that furnace, they were killed by the heat and the fire. And yet... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, unharmed at all. Uh, so much to the extent that not even their clothes smelled like smoke. It was amazing. Amazing. Verse 28, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has set his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. And that is the truth. Again, we know the story. We know how it ends, but they didn't. They didn't. And they were ready to give up their lives rather than 
serve and bow down and worship something other than the one true and living God. How about you? How about me? Yeah, we don't know how it's going to turn out for us either. But we just know that our God is able to deliver us because it's the same God. He's the same God who delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And whether he chooses to or not, it's another thing. But we do know this. He will be present with us. And however it turns out, it will be good for us. Good for us for eternity. To be with the Lord forever and very likely good for us even at the present time. Nebuchadnezzar again is impressed by the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. And so, verse 29, therefore I decree, the king says, that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces, and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. That's right. No other God is God. So no other God can save in that way. And, and Nebuchadnezzar knew it. Again, we, we don't find any uh, evidence anywhere that Nebuchadnezzar ultimately gave his heart to the Lord, to Yahweh, to Jehovah, the God of the Jews, the one true God. But we do know that there were things that happened in his life like this instance where he knew that there was a, a God who was real and that that God was the God of the Jews, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I go back to that great statement in verses 16 through 18 when he challenges them and they respond by saying, look, we don't have to defend ourselves in this matter. Our God is able to, to deliver us if you choose to throw us into that fiery, fiery furnace. But even if he does not, and we have no guarantees that he will. Even if he does not, we will not serve uh, this idol. We will not bow down and worship before this idol. Our God is able. We sing a wonderful song. He is able, more than able to handle what concerns me today. Um, and I think that great song is taken from this great verse in Daniel 3 verses 16 through 18, and also in this great passage in Ephesians 3, uh, verses 20 and following. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Our God is able. Uh, he is able to deliver us just as he did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He is able to do more than we could ask or imagine. The great theme verse of our wonderful team that went to Ukraine, Team Imagine, uh, several years ago and still are hopeful to return uh, someday. I know that that is their prayer, and I know that our God is able and he is able to take whatever is concerning you today, and he will deliver you. One way or another, he is able to deliver and to bless in ways far beyond you could ask or even imagine. I pray that God will bless you and hold you together close to him through whatever fire you're walking through today. I'll see you on Thursday.